Hey, Soul Seekers, I'm bringing you a super impromptu episode today. I had an interview that I did several weeks ago all lined up for today's show, but I'm feeling a really strong pull to talk about limiting beliefs, how they keep us stuck, how you can identify them, because let me tell you, they can be really tricky to identify. And also, I wanted to give you a three-step process to deal with them so that we can get moving already. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but somebody does. So here it comes. If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential, but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours, our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life, but it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey. And that's what you're gonna get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm your host, Becky Fleischer. And when this show airs, I will be heading back home to the great state of Indiana to see my family for the first time in almost 18 months. 18 months, you guys. I usually go home several times a year. So not to go home and to not see my family in person for this long has been so, so, so hard. I am double vaccinated, and I cannot wait to get there to see my mom, my sisters, their families, and to take a quick little road trip down to Nashville. This is just filling me up right now. I am so excited. So when you're listening to this and you're seeing my Instagram feed for the week that this episode hits, just know that I will be in Indiana, and I will be down in Nashville, and I will probably be posting about it because I will be bursting with happiness and with joy and with love and just so, so grateful that there's light at the end of the tunnel here. So I was thinking about the last time that I was home. It was the end of December of 2019. Gosh, just seems crazy. It's 2021. So it's been a long time. But it's such an interesting mile marker, not just because I've missed them. Certainly I have missed them. But it's also because of looking at how much has happened since the last time I was there. To kind of have these benchmarks is really interesting for me to take a minute and to just kind of pause. I mean, certainly, yes, we have had a global pandemic, so there's that and all that entails. But just thinking of my own life, you know, since I was there in December, big things I've done since I've been home. I released my first EP. I recorded three songs that meant a lot to me that had very personal, important stories, which I have shared with you. I started this podcast, which is mind-blowing. Never could have imagined that I would have been doing that the last time that I was home. And I became a life coach. I got my life coach certification. I took the Playing Big Facilitators training course. I have really kind of taken off in this 
new but related direction to things I've done in the past. But I mean, big things. I just never could have seen these things coming. So I'm going back home and I feel like I've changed a lot since I've been home. Not fundamentally. I feel like I've only become more of myself, but I just feel like a lot has changed for me. And so it's an interesting mile marker in this journey that we're on, right? This little journey of life and how we can find ourselves at these moments that give us an opportunity to reflect and to see how far that we've come and how much that we've done. So it's an exciting time for me right now. Things are starting to open back up. I hope that you're feeling the same way. I hope you're feeling safe and good and confident about that. And I'm thinking about as we emerge out of this time, and for me, maybe that's more of what this is. Going back home to Indiana really feels like I'm emerging out of this cocoon that has been my life, our lives, for so long now. I've really staying confined and restricted And now we're able to start getting out a little bit more. And what's that mean? And what's that look like? And how are we going to bring along with us all of the things that we've been doing, all the ways that we've been growing, all the ways that we've been transforming? How are we going to bring that forward? And how are we going to continue to really push ourselves into living the lessons that we've been learning throughout this pandemic, whatever it's brought up for you? And maybe that's why I felt a push today to talk about limiting beliefs, is that I feel like I'm kind of emerging myself. And usually that's when limiting beliefs can start to come up. When we're by ourselves and everything is quiet and everything's tuned out, it's easier to dream. It's easier to let yourself explore and imagine and get creative. And then as soon as the world starts creeping back in, we start to constrict a little bit and say, oops, wait, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that's not what I should do or something comes in because then it gets real because then we could start to put things in action. Right. And the minute that you have to start putting it in action, all kinds of chatter in your head starts coming in, limiting beliefs start layering on and it can really get you stuck. So I was having lunch with a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about all of these things. She's an avid podcast listener, and we were talking about the episodes that I've just done on the Enneagram. And so we started talking about why all of this self-knowledge is so important. You know, why is uncovering our default operating system helpful? You know, once you know why these things are, because whether it's your type and that's how your ego is influencing you and that's how you're putting a lens on to look at the world. Okay, so now you know that. So what? How is that helpful? And really why I think all of this self-knowledge is so helpful relates back to limiting beliefs. And something else I've talked about in recent episodes is our core values. You know, our values and our beliefs have been set into our DNA. And they turn into a default operating system. They turn into patterns that not only influence how we do things in the world, but they really control what we do in the world. And this is why becoming conscious of these things, of having more self-knowledge is so important. If you don't know what's driving you, if you don't know what's controlling you, you're like a puppet on a string. And once you start to feel like you're that puppet on a string and you're kind of wondering, Why am I doing this this way? Why is this pattern repeating? Why don't I feel fulfilled? What's going on here? That's when you start to get into what we're calling the second half of life. The first half of life, we've talked about this before. The first half of life is when you're establishing the container. 
you are inheriting the values of your family, of your faith structure, of your environment around you, of society, of culture, and you're starting to form your beliefs. Your beliefs are formed by experiences and the feedback you receive from those experiences. So those things are all happening in the first half of life, and you're creating this container that is the structure of your life. Perfect. Wonderful. And for a lot of people, that's as far as they go. That container works for them, and it serves them, and so they stay right where they are. Now, that container may not be serving their highest potential, but they're satisfied. And so they're not going to go poking around. They're not going to be interested in this introspective work. This show does not attract those people. So if you're listening, you are either moving into or you have embraced the second half of life. This is where we are trying to conscientiously include and transcend. Remember, we talked about that formula for transformation before. We are looking to include the structures of the past, all the things that have gone into making that solid container for us, but we're recognizing that it's time to also transcend them because you need to transform into your intended soul purpose. And likely you've been brought to this either by way of great suffering or great love. We're either pushed by pain or we're pulled by the whisper of something more or the vision of something better. Those are the ways that we enter into this transformative space. This is the only way that we leave that first half of life. And once we do, we're stepping into the further journey, which can seem really scary because it is very confusing at first. It's so fuzzy, it's very disorienting, and it's completely challenging. It is this threshold moment where you are stuck in this in-between. I created this show to help people navigate through that threshold, through that liminal space of the now and the not yet. And I have been so excited to see my own work evolve deeper and deeper into this, and now with my coaching as well. Because I know for me, when I entered into the further journey, when I started to step over that threshold, it was scary as hell. I will not deny it. And it was very disorienting. And I am not a person who is used to being disoriented. I usually have a pretty firm grasp on my life. So what I have found to really help me through, and I talked about this before, I start with core values. And this is why a few weeks ago I did that workshop on core values. And I am so grateful to everyone who came. It was my first time doing that particular workshop. And I have to tell you, the resounding theme, and it was very consistent from all of the participants, is how extremely powerful and empowering that work was for them. All of the people in that workshop are on the further journey. They have stepped into the threshold or over the threshold. They are embracing it. And for them, this core values work was really grounding. It was, for some of them, it was the first time they felt like they got their feet on the ground, that everything's kind of felt a little slip and slidey-ish, right? And then they feel like they finally got their feet rooted somewhere. They're all amazing people. All have solid containers that they built in the first half of their life. Solid structure, solid values, solid beliefs, all instilled by their parents, by their communities, by their faith, by their backgrounds, by their environments. 
But each one of them is on this further journey where that solid container isn't enough anymore. It's time to fill it up. And each one of them had been wondering in their own kind of way, what do I fill it up with? How do I know what to fill it up with? How do I know it's truly, truly me? How do I know that this is a soul purpose and not some narcissistic voice coming in? They were looking for a way to get on this path, a way to discharge the loyal soldier. We talked about that in the Falling Upward podcast. How do we get rid of that loyal soldier? How do we say, thank you very much. You did your job. And the loyal soldier, for those who may not remember, the loyal soldier is the voice of all of the shoulds and the conformity that's required in the first half of life, which isn't bad. It's not a bad thing to have that conformity in the first half of life. It's good. It it creates the structure. But when it comes time to say goodbye to that guard at the gate, it's really hard to know where to start. Really, really hard. For me, uncovering and defining your core values is the most powerful place to start. You know, one of my clients said to me just the other day, she wrapped up her core values. She said, I don't know how else to say it except for this just feels like the real me. This feels like me. I think for the first time in her adult life, she was looking at something that was reflecting to her and speaking to her essence. It was speaking to her soul and what she's meant to do, what she's meant to bring here, what she's meant to embody. And she felt so empowered. In fact, one of the things she said, I love this, she said, it's just moving all the bullshit right out of the way. It just gave her such clarity, so much clarity. She said it's, what did she say? She said, um, oh, this is bringing so much clarity in really alarming ways. And I loved her choice of words, really alarming ways. And she didn't mean that in a scary way, not like it's scaring her personally to get in touch with her core values or that it's scary that this work is clearing away so much bullshit. For me, that word alarming, it means It's alarming. It's waking me up. Just like an alarm bell does on a clock for you in the morning. Hello. Good morning. Wake up. Here you are. Here you are. And I thought that was so beautiful and so, so empowering. I'm going to do that workshop again in a couple of months. So if you missed out on that one and you want to get in on the next one, you can go to my website and sign up for the waiting list, and I'll be sure to let you know when the next one comes up. But I'm going to continue to do that because I think the work is so foundational, and it was so moving for those who participated this time. I just want to keep that going. So if you're interested and you didn't get in on the last time, be sure to sign up on my website, and I'll be sure to let you know the next one when it comes around. But let's take it a step further, right? So once you get that clarity that you can get with your core value work and you start to dial in on what you really want to do, sometimes you still feel stuck. What the heck, (laughs) right? You have the clarity. You can see what it is you want to do. But damn it, you cannot move forward. You just can't get yourself to do it. All right. Right away, we know that there's fear there. We all know that by now, that fear is an underlying thing. But what's fueling that fear? What's giving that fear the power to hold you back? It's a belief. You've got a belief that's set in your operating system somewhere that's keeping you stuck or it's triggering that fear. It's preventing you from doing what you know deep down you really want to do. 
You've gotten clarity on it. You know you really want to do this thing. You know you're being called to do this thing, but you're still stuck. That's why they call it a limiting belief. And just like with your values, you've got to uncover them, my friend. You have got to uncover them. They're sneaky little suckers, those limiting beliefs, especially the limiting ones. But all beliefs are. They don't run on your operating screen. They run in the background. They're subtle. They're running things from behind the scenes. And here's the thing. Some beliefs that you've established in the first half of your life are probably really good beliefs, right? They're only a problem when they're limiting you, when they start to pull you back, when they're keeping you from moving forward in ways that you know that you should. And we all suffer from them. We all do. And it's so hard to see them. We all have blind spots towards them. So how do you know when you've got a belief in your operating system that's limiting you? Two ways that you can tell and how it manifests. They manifest as problems or challenges in your life, meaning you have a vision to create something or you feel a tug from your soul to do something. You hear the whisper calling you and it might totally light you up. You might be so excited you could see, oh my gosh, there's a need and I have the ability and I should step into this and just do this already but you're not. There's something holding you back and you can't put your finger on what it is. That's a limiting belief. It's hiding in there somewhere and you're going to have to dig it out. You're really going to have to dig it out to get to it, to really identify it so that you can move on. Otherwise, it will keep you stuck. It will totally keep you stuck. Now, the second way that you can know that there's a limiting belief at play is if you get stuck in a pattern Like you keep finding yourself in the same dysfunctional relationship or the same unfulfilling work environment or the same fight with your kids or your spouse or your fill in the blank, any pattern that you just keep seeing emerge that's telling you that there is a belief in there somewhere that is not aligned. Now, those two things both could be a misalignment of values as well right? So problems or challenges that come up in your life, that could be a value misalignment. Patterns, that could also be a value misalignment. So what I'm saying is once you've done your value work and you've gotten some clarity there and you're still having issues here, now you got your finger on the pulse that, okay, I've got a limiting belief that's there that's really yanking me back here, that's really holding me back here. So beliefs, they're just thoughts or statements that we perceive as being reality, whether it's true or not. They come from experiences and the feedback we get from our environment. So from our parents, from our teachers, from our religious leaders, from our community, from the media, our beliefs get set by so many different things. We have experiences every single day that reaffirm or form a belief. And we always have. So this has been going on ever since we were able to form thoughts of our own, and you are carrying all kinds of beliefs. It's impossible to know what they all are at any given moment. So step one here is to realize when you're bumping up against a limiting belief, and it can be so hard to see them on our own, as we've said. I will offer you one example from my own life. You know, I was a pretty unhappy mom when my kids were babies. As it turns out, babies are not my thing. Now that my kids are older, 17 and almost 15, I can say without doubt that I love being a mom, 
But I could not have said that when my kids were babies. And do you know how difficult that is when your kids are babies? Because that's all you know. I didn't have the perspective I have now. I didn't know that things were going to get better. I just thought I was a horrible mom. I really had a really hard time. I've shared pretty openly on this show about my need to achieve, you know, my desire to push on potential and to make things happen. Well, you know what happens when you have a baby? A big fat productivity pause. That's what happens. (laughs) Now, I love my kids and I was happy even then. I was happy to have them. But I was a pretty miserable young mom because of my beliefs about what motherhood should look like. You know, my husband kept telling me to get help, to get someone to come in and to care for them so that I could pursue other things. And it sounded so divine. It sounded so great. But I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And the truth is, I really needed the help. I needed it. My husband traveled constantly. And I was 700 miles away from my family, from my mom, my four sisters, my entire network of support and structure. And we had just moved to this area when we had our first child. So I didn't have my network of friends established yet. So I had really nothing here. I needed a support structure. But I had a belief running in the background telling me what motherhood should look like. And it's interesting because it's kind of a double thing. And I, I, I wanted to use this example on purpose because on its surface, I would say that my belief was a mom should stay home with her kids if they're able. And I was able. So I should stay home with my children. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I should do. And that's how, you know, number one, there's a limiting belief in there. That little sneaky word should. That's what I felt like I should do. What was really under that? The belief that was really, really lingering under that was that if I'm not going to stay at home with my children, then I should know exactly what I should be doing with my life that's more important. Ouch. That one really got to it. That's really the thing that was holding me back. Because in truth, I didn't really have a problem with getting help. What I had a problem was, was getting help when I didn't know what I wanted to do instead. What did I want to do instead of being a mom? I don't know. I had just given up my career. I had just moved away from Washington, D.C., where I was working. I didn't have any job prospects in New York. And it's not like I had this career that was extremely transferable. I was in politics. I didn't want to go back into politics. That was not what was interesting to me and certainly not in the state of New York. I had zero desire for that. So what the heck? What did I want to do? That was the belief that was holding me back more than anything. Not that I believed I should stay at home, but I did believe I should stay at home unless I knew that there was something more important that I needed to be doing or if there was something um, that I had identified as important to me, I guess. So in absence of that, I felt like, yes, I should stay at home. So I wanted to point that out because sometimes there's one belief, but then there's really the big belief that's hiding underneath. And it can take a little digging to get there. So you may have held that same belief that moms should stay at home if they are able to, and that may have served you fabulously. It was not serving me. It was savaging me. 
savaging me. It was horrible. So identifying that belief is what finally helped me to move beyond that belief and then to get help, which then let me go pursue other things, which made me a happier mom. So I point all that out just to say that once we identify a limiting belief, and remember, it's only limiting if it's a belief that's not serving you, if it's not good for you. It might be great for somebody else. If it's not good for you, that's all that matters. Then it becomes a limiting belief. So here are three steps that you can do to move past it. Step number one, challenge the belief. And there are a couple of ways that you can challenge the belief. Bring the belief to the light of day. That's the first step, right? Bring that sucker out and really look at it and ask yourself if it is always true. Is that really always true? Can you think of an example when it's not true, either for yourself or for someone else? And what might be more empowering to believe? This is the secret sauce for dealing with limiting beliefs. That's kind of counterintuitive, but completely true. The new belief has to come before the old one is gone. You are not going to get that old belief to shake out of there until you replace it with a new belief. And really, that is the first step. You got to bring that belief out. You got to challenge it. You have to ask yourself, is this always true? Is this sometimes true? Can I think of examples when it's not true, either for myself or for someone else? And then how can I replace this limiting belief with a more empowering belief that has to come first? The second step is to anchor the new belief with affirmations or intentions. And you guys know, if you've listened to this, you know how I feel about affirmations. I don't love them. I really don't. (laughs) But they work for a lot of people. And if they work for you, that's fantastic. So if you're working with an affirmation, to use the example from my life, you know, I would have said, I am a loving and good mom. Okay, that wouldn't have worked for me because I didn't feel it. I didn't believe it, right? So that's why an affirmation wouldn't work for me. But again, that rings your bell. That's wonderful. Come up with an affirmation. Um, Another way of looking at this, let's say that you're wanting to step into a new job. You're wanting to step into a a new role, a bigger role, something that's a little uh, expanded beyond your current role. You could set an affirmation and say, you know, I am a successful CEO or whatever that role is, right? I am a successful TV anchor. That would be an example of setting an affirmation. Take the thing that you want to be and live into it as if it's already happening. The second way in that anchoring, to anchor that new belief, right? So we're going after the new belief here, is to set an intention. Intentions work better for me than affirmations, but that's my own personal bias. So for my example, I would have set the intention to say, I choose to be happy and healthy for myself and for my children, That would have been my intention. That would have helped me anchor my new belief. If my new belief was, I don't need to stay at home full time all the time to be a good mom. That could be my new belief. To anchor that belief, I would set the intention that I'm choosing to be happy and healthy for myself and my children. So going back to the other example of if you're trying to step into a bigger role in your job, if your new belief is that You can step into new situations. Maybe your limiting belief was, I can't do that. 
that's a pretty basic limiting belief. I can't do that job. If your new belief is, I can do that job. I can succeed in that job. The intention you might set is, I choose to step into roles that will challenge me. So can you see how those start to anchor you into the new belief? They really start to make that new belief come to life when you're speaking in those terms. So step one, challenge the belief, replace it with a more empowering belief. Step two, anchor the new belief with affirmations or intentions. Step three, test out and reinforce the belief with a new behavior. So the best way to support a new belief is to reinforce it with a new behavior that brings concrete, positive results and creates evidence for the new belief. Because remember, our beliefs are thoughts that have been shaped by experiences and the feedback we received from them. So you've got to wire these beliefs into existence through actual behavior. And there are a couple ways to do that, to test out and reinforce the belief with a new behavior. So the first one is to look for examples in your own life. This might be from your own experience in your own life, or it might be from people who are in your life. So as a mom, I don't have experience as a mom, so I can't pull on that. But I can pull on other experiences. I can think back to my childhood, to friends whose moms didn't stay home full time, and they were great moms. I can look around to some of my friends who are not staying home full time that may be able to stay home full time, but don't. And they're very fulfilled and happy and great moms. I'm getting feedback from their behavior that helps me reinforce my new belief. And then I start to take baby steps towards my own behavior that then starts to reinforce my own beliefs. The second way to do that is to research things that can get you going. So for example, if you're trying to step into a new role and your limiting belief is, I can't do that job, and your new belief is, I can do that job, then how can you start to test out that new behavior before you're in the job? Here's some examples. You might go researching some support groups. Are there networking groups around that position or around that industry that I could join that are supportive where you can network and you can get information and people share ideas and thoughts and challenges? Can I get involved in one of those? Does that exist for that industry or that job? Is there a book that I can read that can give me more information that might reinforce or it might highlight the skills that I do have? Can I go talk to a professional recruiter who knows a lot about that position to make sure that I'm a good match? You can start to do the small little steps that start to get you into the new behavior of, yeah, I can see, yes, I can see how what I'm bringing here is enough. I can see how there are supports out there. Similarly, for that one, this is a great one for looking back at your own examples in your own life. When have you stepped into roles that were bigger? Were you successful? Chances are yes, you have probably risen to the occasion many times in your life when you've been faced with a challenge, when you have stepped into something bigger. So pulling on those experiences will reinforce the new belief. It will reinforce this behavior. So you're wiring all those things into existence. So those are the three steps that can really help us get over a limiting belief. You got to challenge the belief and replace it with a more empowering belief. You've got to anchor the new belief with an affirmation or an intention. And then you got to test it out, test that belief out and reinforce the belief with a new behavior. 
with a new experience. Because that's what our brain looks for. We look for confirmation to help us believe what we're thinking, right? And if we change our thinking, we're going to get different confirmations coming in and telling us and showing us that, yeah, this is possible. We can move into this new direction with this new belief. And before you know it, that old limiting belief will be left in the dust right exactly where it belongs. So there you have it. My thoughts on limiting beliefs, why we have them, why they're hard to find, and what we can do about them. And I feel like this is really coming up strongly for me today because I'm getting ready to leave my COVID cocoon. It feels very real now that I have this trip planned and I'm heading home. It feels like I'm emerging, and I hope that you are too. I hope that we're all starting to emerge again. And as we do, I want to make sure that we are getting as much of the bullshit out of the way as possible so that we can fly, my friends. When we get out of this cocoon, I want us all to be ready to just emerge and fly and fly strong with strong wings. And things like limiting beliefs and carrying values that are not aligned with your soul purpose, they're only going to clip your wings. So I'm going to leave it there. And I really hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, why don't you share it with a friend who might find it helpful and share it on Instagram and let your friends know about it. It's time to emerge, my friends. Time to flutter our wings. And when this show hits, I will be up in the air, quite literally, up in the air, flying home. And it feels really good. So I hope that you guys are all enjoying this emergence. I hope that you're ready to go. And I hope that you have a really fantastic week. Thanks for being with me today. You and me, you and me, he and she, he and she, next door neighbor, stranger down the street, form a chain, form a chain, grab the clouds, grab the clouds, cause we haven't even touched our highest ground, no we haven't even touched our highest ground, no we haven't even our highest ground. Unleash Your Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co-own. For more information about our music and our services, please visit www.four26studios.com. That's www.426studios.com.